We as a congregation have taken on reading through the New Testament this year, and we've come to some chapters in 1 Corinthians that may make us scratch our head and say, what in the world is going on? And so as we read through 1 Corinthians chapters 8 through 12, I just want to give a little bit of guidance in that. Right? One of those things that you may read that you scratch your head and you think, well, we don't do that anymore, is a passage that comes right after what was read for us uh, in 1 Corinthians 11. And that says, essentially, women, as you enter into church, cover your heads, right? As I look around, we, we don't hold to that. And the question is, why? Well, if we look at the context, right, and context is really key to some of Paul's writing, especially as he writes the churches and he gives them warnings and he gives them cautions and he helps try and correct some of the wrongs that have crept into the church. What he's seeing is that the pagans that are around and worshiping other pagan gods, they say that well, no, it's really freeing for women to have their heads uncovered because uh, as they do that, they just they tell all the men around them that they're, they're ready to party, kind of. And, and which is not what uh, Jesus was all about, right? So um, part of what Paul is doing is saying, you know what, uh, church, church, you have to look at how you are being perceived outside and how that may be impacting the people around you. And so uh, chapters 8 through 10 talk about food, right? And, and sitting down with meals with people. And then you have 11 that talks about that and then also talks about communion. Well, I think as we look at all of this, Paul really wants us to, to find a key, uh, uh, what is it that he's really talking about in it? And, and for me, that key is relationship. How am I in relationship to God, but not just God? How am I in relationship with the people around me? And one of the ways that we see this is from our reading this morning. All things are lawful. Yeah, you could do a lot of stuff, but is it helpful? Probably not. All things are lawful. But are they going to build you and others up? Well, no. We know that's not the case with all things. So let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. You see, for Paul, knowing Christ also meant that we need to help others know him as well. And so one of the ways that he says this is to be an imitator of me, as I am of Christ. Be an imitator of me as I am of Christ. Now, I, I know that the NIV uh, says, uh, be an example, uh, 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 follow my example as I follow Christ, right? And an example is a great thing, and it's a good translation. But here's something that uh, an imitator can do that an example may not. Like, if I'm in a math class, Right? And you, you guys, if you've been here for a while, know that I'm not great at, at math, but I get through it. And I can follow an example on the board. Right? It's there. I can repeat it. It's good. But then it just kind of stays with me. If I'm imitating someone, that means that I'm, 
I'm learning from them, but also it also means that I'm looking around because other people may be imitating me. And I think that's where Paul goes with the church in Corinth. But time and time again, as he talks about his relationship with Christ and how it has impacted his life, that he no longer lives for himself. It's not about him and just about him, like it had become in the church where they had, they had grown to be selfish. And when they start talking about the food that's being offered, it's, it's about how does it impact them uh, rather than like what's it, what are other people's thoughts and, and how is it impacting the people around them. And I think we do the same thing too at times, right? We, we really center around ourselves and, and think, oh, is this, is this beneficial for me? Oh, that's great. Okay, let's go, let's go with it. And we, uh, we lose that idea that there are other people who are watching us and that as we live our lives, we have people who are imitating us just as we are imitating Jesus. And so as I was thinking about imitating, I, I was hearkened back to my junior high days, right? And so uh, you see up on, the video, uh, up on the screen a picture of Pistol Pete Maravich, right? And my brother was a basketball player. He, he played all through high school. And Pistol Pete Maravich made these video cassette tapes of drills, right? And, and he would do a drill, and then he'd send you out on your patio to do it as well. And as we went through middle school for me and high school for my brother, he wore out three of those tapes, right? He wanted to be the best point guard he could be. And that was great. The only problem was he wanted me to follow him, but I was no good at basketball. So he would always crush me, right? And so I really didn't want to imitate him because it was not fun for me. And so what did I do? I found my own thing in soccer. And so Pele, that's the other gentleman up there, he had his own videos of drills. And as we went through our, our years of middle school and high school, we each burned out three of these VHS sets of drills. And it, it was good. We, we got good at what we were doing, right? And it was proven out on the field. The problem was we weren't teaching anyone. So it only stuck with us while we were doing the drills and we were imitating. It wasn't something that we had reinforced because we were teaching someone else to imitate us. I think uh, this quote from George Bernard Shaw is just great, right? So imitation is not just the sincerest form of flattery. It's the sincerest form of learning as well. As we think about that... Who is it in your life who's around you who is imitating you? Who's learning from you? Because I think we each have someone in our lives who is imitating us. So if we go back to Paul, we think about what he's talking about. He's really talking about being a disciple. Someone who knows Jesus who isn't about selfish gain and like what is in, when it is in it for me, but really it's about who is Jesus and how is he working in me, and then how can I show others that as well? Well, to be able to really think this through, we got to look at 
who Jesus was, right? So if we're going to imitate Jesus and have others imitate us, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus was someone who looked at the culture around him, and he wasn't all about what's in it for me, but he went counter-cultural. He stepped into the lives of people who were not like him, women of other cultures, right? He, he sat down and talked to at a well. That was a huge no-no. He sat down and had meals with tax collectors and sinners. He stepped into people's messes, not because that was like uh, the, the perfect place for him to, to be because of his stature and because of like he, him being a rabbi, but because he was Jesus. He stepped in because he had a message of love and forgiveness to share with the people who could hear it. And so he does, time and time again, we see him step in to the mess. We see him going into places where people will see that love and forgiveness, claim it, and then help others claim it as well. And so here in our reading, we see that Jesus is sending out 72 men and women, kind of going out, go and, and prepare a way for me. You have followed me. You have learned from me. Now go and prepare the way so that when others, uh, when I get there, others will follow as well. And one of the things that strikes me as he does that is this last statement, that the kingdom of God has come near uh, to you. If we fast, or if we rewind to our very first week of reading through the New Testament, we read Matthew Four. And in that, Jesus starts his public ministry. And as he does, he goes into towns and he says these words, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Turn around from your sin. Like, stop being selfish, right? Uh, the things that you're doing that you know are wrong, turn from those because the kingdom of God is at hand. The love and forgiveness that are countercultural have actually come to you. Not because you guys are so perfect, right? And that's the same message today, is that we still have to repent from our sin because we are sinful people. We do things like think about ourselves first. But Jesus' message goes beyond just Repent. He says the kingdom of God is at hand, which means that love and forgiveness are here for the people he was talking to, but not just them, for us as well. And so the people around Jesus inwardly digested that. It, it became a part of who they were as they imitated who he was. And as that happened, he sends them. And he says, hey, go. Uh, go and, and, and prepare the way. And he doesn't just send it, say it here to these 72. He continues that on. And he says, there we go, uh, go and make disciples, right? So he's talking to the disciples who are around him after he has gone um, to the cross. He's risen from the grave. There's an empty tomb. And he's meeting with his disciples. And he's about to go into heaven. He says this, go and make disciples, 
You see, there was an understanding that a disciple was someone who was learning, but they were also someone who was teaching. They were imitators who had people who were imitating them. And so Jesus' message to his disciples at that point and to us is this. Go and make disciples. Be imitators of who I am so that others can imitate you and get to know me. And then they can imitate me and then others can imitate them. And we have a model of what it looks like to be disciples. And how amazing is that? And so we fast forward to to Paul. And he's trying to reiterate this to the church. He's trying to say, hey, church, It's not about you. It's about who you're imitating. It's not all about the, the here and now and what you can grab from the people around you. It's about being loved and forgiving and having a hope for tomorrow because of who Jesus was. And how are you representing that to the world around you? And in turn, how are people getting connected to Jesus through that? This is our mission statement, connecting people to Jesus and others. It's, it's our discipleship model. We want people to be connected so they can imitate who Jesus is and others can imitate them and learn from that. And so how do we do that? We do that by becoming more like Jesus, being in his word, doing our, our reading through the week, being in prayer, Coming and learning more about who he is and what he's done for us here and in study and in other ways. And in that, we we become a part of a body, right? We find belonging. We find belonging in his church, in the community of uh, saints, the body of believers, so that we have camaraderie. We have accountability. We have people who are, are being imitators of Christ just like we are. And then because of all that, we respond by becoming, or by blessing his world, right? And we we heard about that as worship began, how many ways that we are blessing his world and how amazing that is. So my hope is, as you go this week and you read through 1 Corinthians uh, 8 through 12, you aren't left just scratching your head and saying, oh, that's... That's kind of strange. But you're able to, to see that a key in those connections and those chapters is being in relationship. But then also you're able to just ponder Paul's words of be imitators of Christ as, um, or be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And understand that we are imitators of Christ. And so we have others who are imitating us. And as you ponder that, as you think about that, do two things for me. Number one, think about who it is that helped you become an imitator of Christ. Who, who is it that taught you, who discipled you as they were being a follower? And send them a quick text, an email, a letter, a card, whatever your mode of communication is, and say thank you. And say a prayer for that person. Right? But then on the other hand, realize that we have been called by the grace of God, knowing that we are loved and forgiven, 
to have people who are coming alongside us, who are imitating us as well. And, and so think about who that person is. Who is it in your life that God has placed there to learn? To learn what it means to be a disciple. To learn what it means to be about his love and his forgiveness. And then say a prayer. God, use me to help them. Use me to help them. Right? Jesus' message, going on into Paul's message, is that it's not all about you. It's about what's been done for you in Jesus and his grace coming into our lives. And because that grace is in our lives, we then in turn imitate Christ so others can imitate us. And in that, we all learn what it means to be a disciple. And we all grow more and more connected to Jesus, his love, his forgiveness, giving us a hope for tomorrow. Amen? Amen.